Welcome in, everybody, to another week of XFL Weekly. We're here just to kind of sit around and discuss anything and everything XFL Weekly. Uh, I am your host, Kyle Krajewski, joined by my beautiful and lovely, as always, co-host, Zach Cole. Zach, what's up? Hello, my good sir. How are we doing today? Uh, doing all right. Uh, it was a rough week for both of our teams in the XFL, but... I, I guess that's the beauty of extra weeks. It's been a really slippery slope the last like month uh, for, for me and my team. I've declared and they've since decided to just absolutely tank. Um, so, yeah, you, you waited. Next. You waited for the roughnecks to take a loss. So then you could say, all right, now I feel comfortable claiming them <laughs> as my team. So I'm not jumping on the bandwagon. And now they're just they're, they're on the downtrend. Well, the good news is no one's gonna no one's gonna accuse me of being a bandwagoner because because of anything people are jumping off the bandwagon right now. <laughs> not not anymore. And yeah. oh, the defenders! What a what a game! But we'll get into all mm-hmm. that. We'll get into all of that. Uh, we'll kind of recap everything that's happened this past week. But before we get into all that, we are XFL Weekly. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at XFL underscore Weekly. If you're listening to this in podcast format, you can find us on YouTube at XFL Weekly. Or if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, first off, be sure to subscribe, like, and all that fun stuff. But Mm -hmm. also, feel free to listen to us if you just want to listen anywhere you can find podcasts. Just search XFL Weekly, and you can hopefully find us there. But let's get into this. Uh, Before we kind of jump into recaps and everything, I wanted to discuss with you, Zach, a little bit about... uh, the playoff picture because we have three more weeks of the regular season and then then we get into playoffs some xfl playoffs so i guess the kind of picture is top two teams from both divisions the north and the south make the playoffs it's a four-team playoff system and right now it it's a journey uh it's kind of a big <laughs> question mark as to who and what this is going to shape out to look like just based on how everybody's playing uh some teams are losing like the roughnecks and some teams continue to win uh like the sea dragons so Mm -hmm. the only team that's officially out is the the two and five vegas vipers they unfortunately even though they won this week things did not pan out and the rest of the division is just way too ahead of them so vipers are out see you next maybe next season and (laughs) I think the big surprise here is that the the one and six Orlando Guardians are still in it, still have yes, a chance to make the playoffs. Uh, but uh, crazy stretch we're going to have these next three weeks. Uh, Zach, what do you think? It, it's really going to be kind of a shuffle to see where these teams end up and land. I mean, we're going to get into it in some of our game-by-game breakdowns, but there's so many moving pieces in the XFL right now. We're seeing quarterbacks flipping teams, uh, new guys stepping up old faces balling out for certain teams. So I I don't think that there's any real clear cut leader or favorite or like, I I mean, I think the closest thing we have to a lock into the playoffs right now is probably DC. Um, But even, I don't think they're necessarily a lock because if, if they lose a couple games and the battle Hawks and sea dragons continue to win games, they could find themselves on the outside looking in. There's really, it's kind of crazy, um, and you you touched on it too, Kyle. The the Guardians are still in the playoff hunt as well. If they win a couple games, um, maybe they win their next two, and the Renegades and the Brahmas both lose out. I mean, 
we, we could be looking at the, the Guardians ending up in the playoffs. Now, albeit they might play each other or something. I don't have the schedule memorized through the rest of the season. But, um, you know, it, there's so many scenarios that can still play out with this small 18 league. So it's kind of cool to see. It's It's exciting in that aspect. Yeah, it's really cool that, like, we're more than halfway through the season, very much on the, the home stretch here, and mm-hmm. all but one team is out and has a chance. Even the the team everybody was writing off, probably including us last week, mm-hmm. has, still has a fighting chance. Now, they have to win out, but, I mean, based on what we saw this past week, they could things could really turn around. But, well, and what's amazing, Kyle, is they they actually they play the Renegades this upcoming week, um, yeah. so they have a chance to pull pull one ahead with them, and then they play the Brahmas the week after. They have another chance to pull one ahead of them. Um, so they, I mean, they could really do it. It could it could really wind up coming down to that. So it, it's it's exciting. Yeah, and I think only one of those games though is in the Guardian Dome. Mm. So unfortunately, they only have one home game left this season. So they're they're losing their their powerhouse, the X factor for the Guardians. The good news, <laughs> the good news is it is this week's game, so maybe they can continue building some momentum and they can just roll that right into the uh, week nine and week ten slate and come out come out on the right side of of uh, the right side of the playoff picture. Yeah, uh, if there's anything to say here, Guardians, you have two believers in us. We we're both rooting <laughs> for you, even though it, it may come to the detriment of the Roughne- Roughnecks. If things mm. just really fall apart, but I think the Roughnecks they have the the head to head tiebreaker, so I think they're safe. I, I love a good Cinderella. I gotta I gotta say, even even though I'm a Roughnecks fan, I'm still gonna cheer for the Guardians. I, I love seeing a turnaround story. It's that's always fun. It's always a blast. Expect oh man, especially if you lose your first over half of the season games. Yeah, you, how about it? You've still got a chance. I'm I'm a, I'm all in. Go Guardians. Definitely. Definitely. All right. So many, many touch on the playoffs there. Let's get into to last week and, and kind of how things shaped up in week seven. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll lead us off here, Kyle, with uh, the first game of the week, which was the, which was blah, 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 the Sea Dragons uh, visiting the Renegades. Um, it was kind of a middle tier matchup, I would call it. Um, I know the, the Sea Dragons are really hot, but um, they were still kind of trying to establish themselves as one of those top top three, four teams, top half teams, we'll say, in the league um, and really cement their place. And they did just that in this game. They ended up beating the uh, the Renegades by a score of 24 to 15. Um, it, it was just kind of a overall solid performance from the Sea Dragons. They kind of jumped out early and, and were able to just hold on to a lead and sort of coast um, through the rest of the game. Uh, the Renegades did have a couple highlights, though. They they managed to throw the ball decently well and uh, run the ball pretty well uh, for season highs in both of those, which is kind of interesting because we, you and I have always talked about the Sea Dragons as being one of the better defenses in the league. Um, so for the Renegades to really kind of establish and set the tone against the uh, the Sea Dragons, it was, it was neat to see. Um, as for the Renegades, they hopefully things are going to continue moving upwards for them they uh just traded for Luis Perez uh this past week from the the Vegas Vipers so hopefully he'll be a spark plug for the offense and as for the uh the Sea Dragons they're just they're on a roll right now they are I believe one winners of their last five straight and are adding Philip Lindsay into this offense which was a big oh, signing yeah. this week so 
Uh, I mean, the rich kind of get richer. I, I know that they've been hurting without Ellison recently in the run game. So giving them a spark with, with Lindsay will be, will be nice, especially because he's still young. And I think he's still got a lot in the tank. Yeah, I think he's, I think it's 28 was his age last I checked, which I was think so. Last I week. think that sounds right. Like, I, let let I hope it didn't change in the past few days. <laughs> he actually went up two years. Yeah, he is 28. <laughs> wow. Good for him. Uh, but yeah, he's still certainly got something left in the tank. Otherwise, I don't think mm-hmm. he would have come back. But the Sea Dragons absolutely get that little spark that they have kind of been lacking. But Morgan Allison, I guess this kind of shows that the injury is a little bit harsher than initially yeah. expected. Either way, maybe if they get both of them back for uh, these last stretch of games, this could be mm-hmm. more dangerous of an offense than it already has been. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean to just kind of give the the Renegades some <clears throat> some due diligence on the other side here. Sal Canella has still uh, managed to be one of the bright spots for them. He is thirteenth uh, in the league in terms of receiving. Um, he still manages to to haul in a lot of receptions week in week out. He had four this past week for uh, sixty and change. So I mean he he's probably like I said their one bright spot on the offensive side of the ball. They got to try to <laughs> got to try to get him in the end zone a little bit cuz he's got a whopping zero touchdowns on the year, but um maybe who knows, maybe that's the key to them getting this turned around. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I <laughs> Who knows. I, they've been struggling considering they scored 15 points and had their best offensive game. Uh, it it kind of shows what needs to be fixed on on this team. And yeah. who knows? Maybe Luis Perez is that guy. And he was for yeah. Vegas. He had a great stretch. And now he kind of shifts gears and see what he can right. do in Arlington. Well, and we touched on it last week, Kyle. Bob Stoops has been looking yeah. for that guy. And hopefully hopefully Luis is the man for him. We'll, we'll see. But anyway, moving right into the next game of the weekend, uh, the Brahmas took on the Vipers. And uh, the Vipers actually came out victorious. Unfortunately for them, they also got eliminated for playoff contention. So that's kind of a... That's kind of a win and lose situation there, but yeah. um, they won this game twenty six to twelve. They beat the uh, uh, the Brahmas at home. The uh, Vipers, like we like I mentioned, they did win, and there were a lot of really exciting plays in this game. Um, like we saw Rod Smith uh, with uh, an incredible hurdle to get into the end zone for, on a touchdown, and uh, on the other side, the Brahmas actually had the first kickoff return touchdown of the year, um, which was just absolutely electric. I mean, yeah. uh, me, I don't want, I don't want to butcher his name. Uh, Fred Brown um, from the Brahmas just took off like an absolute rocket out of a cannon. And he, it was, it was awesome. That was an electric play. And that's kind of what you hope to see. Like, you know, we, we talk about the NFL, maybe looking at this as something they could move towards. So for them to see that touchdowns can still come out of it and you can still score and it's still an exciting play. I think that's, that's a really good thing for the uh, for the XFL sake. So, uh, last last point here is that the the Brahmas. I mean, they just they're very 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 similar to the Renegades in the fact that their offense just is not clicking. They have a, a solid defense, but they need to figure things out. And lucky for them, they're still they're still fighting in the playoff race. They're still doggy battling. So, we'll see, man. We'll see. Yeah, the Brahmas are very much identical to the Renegades. Just mm-hmm. have to figure out that offense and it's something to say when you scored 12 points and one of them was a kick return and yeah. it not to say that that's a struggle. I know um, Heinz Ward kind of took a stance early this season or before the season saying he wants to have the best special teams in the league and mm-hmm. the kick return kind of 
kind of helps prove that or show that, but still need to score points other ways to and definitely to really come away with some wins. So Brahma's now down to two and five and still in the race, still in the hunt. Yeah. I think that win well, last week against the Renegades definitely helped. And I, I think the more that Kurt Benkert kind of gets settled into this offense, I well, think he's hurt. Hopefully I think we he's should out start seeing him now. Oh, never mind. Never mind. Sorry about that. I completely blanked on that. Um, uh, never mind. All right. Well, swallow that point. Let's move on to the next game. <laughs> <laughs> next game came away with a, it was a sneaky game of the week, Zach. It was my defenders, our defenders, the people's defenders, <laughs> losing in the Guardian Dome to the one and to the to the entering the game zero and six. Man. Orlando Guardians, thirty-six to seven. It was a six and zero versus zero and six, and the zero and six team won. But I think this game was electric. It was incredible to watch. I, Quentin Dormady, I, dude, is just balling out. He had one of the yeah. best games I've seen from a quarterback this season with six total yeah. touchdowns, three hundred so, over three hundred yeah. passing yards. Uh, yeah, three rushing touchdowns, three passing. That's insane. Dude just came out and balled. And that's what this team has needed. He had a great game last week. Uh, I think the Guardians, for weeks now, have just been shooting themselves in the foot with penalties. Uh, and I, they finally pull one out against the top dog in the entire league. Uh, Cody Latimer is now the top receiver in the league with in receiving yards. That's Huge shout out to him. But Mm -hmm. then, I mean, on the DC side, it was one of those games for them. They played just fine. Their just defense couldn't stop uh, what Orlando was coming away with. And (laughs) it was, it was an impressive game on both sides just to see score after score after score. There was the point where uh, Orlando scored a touchdown and went up. I think it was, uh, they went in, it was like 25 something. Scored a touchdown. Next play, uh, Chris Blair came away with like a 86-yard touchdown, and it huge game offensively. It was just back and forth. Defense did not show up on either end. There were a few turnovers, but I, it was just it was the highest scoring game of the season, and that was a huge game. And uh, huge shout out to the Guardians. <laughs> what's what's funny is we we you know kind of always anoint our game of the week and i think if we had to anoint like the clunker of the week this would have been that game but it really it proved to be anything but i mean we saw almost we saw what 73 total points 73. scored in this game which is just ridiculous so and, and you touched on quentin dormity like really just fantastic performance from him um to see six total touchdowns is just that's special it's not something you see very often so Overall, I think I think it was just an exciting game, a way more exciting game than we thought it would be. Yeah, absolutely. I think we both picked the uh, the DC spread of nine and a half, and that kind of mm-hmm. shows what we went into expecting it. We Zach called the the thirty to seventeen score end score, and <laughs> very much farther from that. Yeah, man. Well, I felt good about it, but hey, I'm glad to be proven wrong in this situation. <laughs> But either way, shout out to the Guardians getting their first win. DC got caught looking ahead uh, after starting six and zero, uh, and I believe they'll bounce back. 
you know, it's almost good sometimes to get the monkey off the back. You know, like now oh, yeah. DC doesn't have to be undefeated going into the playoffs or worry about any of that stuff. Like that's gone. That pressure is kind of released. Now they can, if they lose another game between here and the rest of the way, it's not going to be as devastating. I think it's, I think it's good for them. The only thing kind of getting in their way is how good these, <clears throat> the teams behind them in the standings are. And one of those Absolutely. teams was the St. Louis Battlehawks getting their getting their win in this next game, final game of the week. Battlehawks defeated the Roughnecks in Houston 24 to 15. Battlehawks now go 5 and 2. Their only two losses are to the Defenders. It's huge. St. Louis just keeps winning, home or away, and they can win. I think they've got I think it's insane that to us, the three best teams in the league are in the North, and only two of them can make it to the playoffs. Uh, Battlehawks, one of them. But they beat the Roughnecks, and speaking of the Roughnecks, they, they're they on a bit Look of a rough. downturn, dude. Uh, <laughs> it's looking rough for the Roughnecks. Their yeah. offense is not clicking. Brandon Silvers didn't play, and I, that may have been it, but I think we saw last week he got benched, and it didn't look too good for them. Uh, they scored two touchdowns. One of them was a fumble recovery. And right now, I think kind of Cole McDonald, the, st- the starting quarterback, may or may not continue being the starter. Whether Brandon Silvers will come back and retake his starting spot. But it the offense isn't clicking, dude. And they kind of need it to be for this these next stretch of games before – any of these teams decide to catch them, which I also don't think is possible. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I don't really have a lot to say about this game. It was it was not fun to watch. the The Roughnecks have kind of lost some of their swagger. Um, I mean, we saw them early on. High flying defense, offense was putting up points at will, and it, they've just looked like a completely different team for a few weeks now. So. Uh, I really think uh, we were saying this. It's funny. We were saying this about the Vipers and the Guardians a couple weeks ago, and now the the Roughnecks are kind of working their way into the same conversation. But they got to do some soul searching and figure out what they do well and and what they want their identity to be, and really kind of build from there. So I think early on, their their defense was what's what separated them from from the rest of the pack. And I think that um, they really kind of need to reground themselves with their defense and and build from the bottom up. So. But the Battlehawks were outstanding, um, as usual, on the road, at home, doesn't matter anywhere. Kyle, I, I feel the need to tell you or to uh, air myself out to the um, to the general public here. I, I was on Twitter, and I was really fired up on, uh, I guess it was Saturday, Saturday morning, afternoon on uh, April 1st. And not, noticing, not noticing it was April 1st, I saw the press release from the, the Battlehawks, <laughs> and I was ranting and raving and sending text after text to Kyle about – how can they move? They've had the best season, blah, 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 only to remember it was April Fool's Day and, and I'm a big idiot. So, <laughs> so the, the, uh, the Battlehawks not only won once, they won twice this weekend. So kudos yeah, to they, you guys. <laughs> they, they really got to there. I was like, there's no way they they're leaving St. Louis. I said, Zach, it, there's a specific day on the calendar where they can get away with this. And they yep, got walked into that one. They got so, me. They got me back. Shout out, shout out to St. Louis social team. Proud of you. I'm very proud of what yep. you were able to do to Zach. Absolutely. All right, Zach. That was week seven. Let's chat week eight. Let's look ahead. Yeah, definitely. Week eight, teams need to win. 
I I think everybody needs to win. Vegas doesn't. Uh, they're the only team that doesn't need to win. But I think they're going to still come around and play spoiler for a few teams. At least they try can. To. They, listen, they have they have three teams that are currently top or second in their division leading up here. They can they can really play spoiler. They have the Battlehawks in week eight. The Roughnecks in Week Nine, and then in Week Ten they play the Sea Dragons. So they could, the Vipers could play a really big role in shaping this playoff picture in the next coming weeks here. Yep, they're they're here to play spoiler and mm-hmm. kicking off the the spoiler tour twenty twenty three. They've got the Battlehawks in St. Louis. Man, if you could play spoiler in in St. Louis, <laughs> that's insane. Vegas at St. Louis, Vipers versus Battlehawks, Week Eight. We've got a Saturday 1 p.m. game on ESPN. Uh, last time these two met, week six, St. Louis won dominantly. Came away with a 29 to six win. And yeah, I, 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 yeah, I don't really, <laughs> I don't even feel the need to chime in. Go ahead, you got it. I'm gonna I, I was just gonna say I wouldn't be surprised if we see a similar result, but let's hope not. I, I just want to see Vegas play spoiler. In St. Louis, they're they're tough to beat. Yep. Next, we've got a uh, the Renegades heading over to the Guardian Dome in Orlando. Renegades versus Guardians. We've got Renegades sitting at three and four, and Guardians sitting at one and six. Saturday at four p.m. on ESPN. Uh, last time these two played, I think this was the lowest scoring game of the season where the Renegades came away with a, a 9 to 10 win. Yeah. Low, lowest scoring game, 19 points. <laughs> so, I'm hoping Dormady kind of comes away with uh, I'm we're going to see let's put it this way. These are completely different offenses. We've got Luis Perez showing up in Arlington for his first week here. And then we've got Quentin Dormady just balling out for Orlando. I'm really hoping we see more offense in this game, and I really believe we do. These two teams are really turning a new leaf on offense, and let's hope we score more than 19 uh, in Orlando. Yeah, uh, it's set up to be a little bit more of an exciting game this time around, and like you mentioned with Dormady, I think he's he's got the keys keys to the car right now, and he's he's got it moving. So let's let's hope for this some is, more points. This is probably the game where both teams need to win the most mm-hmm. agreed next game up roughnecks at brahmas we've got the houston roughnecks traveling over all the way taking the longest journey of the week into san antonio i actually think this is the <laughs> shortest but they're both they're all in arlington it doesn't even matter uh going to san antonio he's roughnecks versus brahmas Bra- uh, roughnecks are sitting at four and three top of the division brahmas need a win at two and five this is oh, this is where we get into Easter Sunday football. Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. That's right. Sunday I, at three p.m. on ABC. You can be lounging on your wow, <laughs> just lounging on your couch after a, an exciting Easter morning. Probably have a few dozen Easter eggs still high missing, but you're like, nope, gotta gotta watch the ABC. We gotta watch Roughnecks at at Brahma's. You know what? I always have a really nostalgic kind of taste uh, about thanksgiving because you know I, I love eating and then going to sit down yeah. and watch football and it just makes for such a good day and i'm i'm curious i'm really interested to see if that that same feeling happens with easter this year you know go go eat your feast and then go sit down and watch some xfl football 
I and you're gonna have a lovely brunch because that's kind of what I associate Easter with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're having a lovely Agreed. brunch, then you get to just lounge 3 p.m. on ABC. You don't even have to look very hard for it. 3 p.m. Roughnecks, you Roughnecks Brahmas, you got football, and that's going to be different to say the least. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, last time these two met, Houston won 22 to 13, week three. I again. Uh, I think it's going to be a much lower scoring game, but we'll see. We got to look at these odds after this. Mm-hmm. Final game of the week, Easter night, Sunday at 7 p.m. Uh, this is my personal game of the week. And I, it's not because the defenders are playing it in it because these two teams are playing some fantastic football. We've got the defenders in Seattle against the Sea Dragons. Sunday night. 7 p.m. on ESPN2. Defenders are 6-1 and one, coming off their first loss, while the Sea Dragons are 5-2 and two on a five-game win streak. Uh, last time these two met was week one. It was a, I think it was a Sunday night football game. And DC came away with the win 22-18. Game of the week, uh, my personal game of the week, this is going to be, this is going to be a game. Because whoever wins this one, I think, is on top of the, on top of the standings, actually, I think tiebreaker goes to I, tiebreaker would go to DC. So, yeah, it's, it's the perfect game. Perfect game to to wake up from your Easter nap after you're out of your food coma and and click on the TV and watch this one. It's it's a good one. It's a really good matchup. I I don't think it can be understated though that the Sea Dragons are going. I'm sorry that the defenders are going to Seattle. Um, which is which is a big trip, you know. That's definitely an X factor for Seattle, especially since they're one of the only teams that are way way out on the West Coast like that. Them and the Vipers. So um, it's, I think that's an X factor in this game. And and like like you mentioned, I think the defenders will have a little rest assured, knowing that they're um, you know still going to be at top of the division. But the Sea Dragons are breathing down their necks right now. Yeah, breathing some fire down their necks, that's for sure. <laughs> but I think I think it's going to be a huge game. Again, you said Seattle with the with the win, they're one like half a game behind DC right there for the lead. I think DC just kind of has the lead with the in-division record. But man oh man, huge game, huge like few games coming up these next few weeks cuz it's just wins matter. They have all season, but wins matter so much more. And yeah. it's, it's playoff fixture time, baby. But recap, or <laughs> enough with the preview. Let's get into these game picks, Zach. Let's do last it. Week, I, I'm interested. Last week was all right. I went four and four. You went five and three. Uh, our, our mostly similar picks did okay. <laughs> uh, I want to uh, mention I'm... that we both picked the under 38 and a half. <laughs> For the Brahmas at Vipers game, and the game came to a thirty-eight point total, so we we did it. We we knew it. Nailed we it. saw it coming. <laughs> Either way, I'm still ahead. I'm two picks ahead of you, dude. This is your week, but I hope it's not. Well, see, the good news is I'm catching you one pick at a time, and if I'm two <laughs> picks ahead of you by my calculations by week ten, I should win by one pick. So <laughs> I'm sticking with that math. Good luck. <laughs> uh let's kick it off first pick of the week we've got vipers at battle hawks battle hawks are home 
and sitting with a minus six and a half point favorite spread over under is set at 46 and a half. Highest so scoring, believe it or, or not, second highest scoring game of the week. I'm actually, I'm not going to tilt back and forth all over this game. I, I think I have this one pretty clear cut already in, in my mind. I'm going to take the Vipers plus six and a half. Ooh. I think that they are going to keep this nice and close. And I think that the over is going to hit in this game. I'm looking for a uh, a little bit, uh, some points to be put on the board is what I'll say. And I think that uh, the Battle Hawks are more or less a lock for 20 at home. So I just need the Vipers to throw on a couple extra points and we should be cruising to the over there. So uh, I, that's where I'm at. I'm going to take St. Louis. I'm going to take the points. Minus six and a half. I think okay. this is a team that can score and I think they continue to win uh, by a touchdown or more. Um yeah, I mean, we saw what they did to the Roughnecks last week. Their defense is doing quite well for themselves. But I'm going to take the over here. I think, again, this is two teams that can score. And they've been, they've been riding high. I think these are two teams that are scoring, and they're going to take the over. All right, our next game is the, uh, the Renegades and the Guardians which is a pretty close matchup, all things considered. It's only a one-point spread, and it's in the favor of the Renegades, um, who are going to the Guardian Dome, let me just mention. Uh, and the over-under is set at 42.5 points right now. Uh, I'm struggling with this game a little bit, but I, I'm going to go ahead and, and bet on my go- on my guy, Quentin Dormady, here. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take the Guardians minus one. And for the over-under, I think I have to go with the under. Um, because the Renegades really haven't been too beautiful on offense. So until they decide they can show me that they can score points, I'm going to go ahead and keep taking the under with them. So, again, give me Orlando minus one and give me under 42 and a half. I think I'm going to definitely join you. Orlando minus one. I think this team is for sure – turn things around i think they can score i think this is kind of their their awakening their offensive Mm -hmm. awakening but i'm gonna take the over i think i think these are two teams that are gonna run in here with two completely different offenses uh guardians from what we've seen last week and the week before and uh, renegades with the new and improved luis perez and i think i think we're gonna see points uh as surprising as that seems, where their last game came to a 19-point total, this one's going <laughs> to – I believe it. It's going to go the over. 42 that's, a, and a half. that's a lot of points to make up in the difference there. <laughs> These are two completely different teams, buddy, let me tell you. And I'm, <laughs> I'm excited for this game for some reason. <laughs> well, let's bank on them being different. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on, our next one is the, uh, the Roughnecks and the Brahmas. You mentioned that that's – uh, the, the shortest total distance of the weekend traveled. Um, the Roughnecks are heading to San Antonio to play the Brahmas. And the spread is in the favor of the Roughnecks right now at minus four and a half points. Uh, and the over-under is set at 40 and a half total points. Um, this game is, this is tricky to me because I, I want to believe that the Roughnecks are four and a half points better than the Brahmas. But right now, 
I'm not really factoring, like I'm not taking into account anything about the Roughnecks past success. I'm kind of taking them for what I've seen and it kills me, but I'm going to take the Brahmas plus four and a half in this game. Uh, I think at bare minimum, they'll keep it close. And honestly, the Roughnecks are 0-3, so it wouldn't even surprise me if they lose to the Brahmas at this point. So uh, that's why I'm going to go with four and a half in the the Brahmas' favor. As for the – something interesting to mention here, Kyle, outside of the Battlehawks beating the Vipers, uh, this is the second highest money line, too. The Roughnecks are uh, at a minus 180 money line, which is just kind of – it just kind of piqued my interest really quick. Um, Hmm. So just something to note. Uh, As for the over-under, I think I'm probably going to go – I think I'm going to go under on this game also. I think I'm going to do under 40 and a half. Um, The the Roughnecks haven't necessarily been putting up points. Uh, Yeah, they really haven't been putting up points. They put up 14 in week five. Uh, They put up 26 in week six. And then they only put up – 15 in week seven. So yeah, I'm going to take the under. I think that this, this game will be pretty safely under, even if they venture into that 20 territory or whatever. Um, I, I still, I don't think it'll go much higher than 20. So give me the under. I am going to differ on you. I think mm. Houston, I think Houston is being forced to figure offense out after a, a mini slump here. Okay. And I think Houston's going to come away with, with the win uh, and a minus four and a half win. So I'm taking that spread. I think San Antonio, I think that's mostly me saying San Antonio is not good. And I think they're not going to score much at all. I think the Roughnecks defense very much keeps them in check. And because of that, I also think I'm with you on the under. I think these are two teams. As much as I think the Roughnecks will score points and will score five more, five or more points more than the Brahmas, I still think it sticks with the under. And again, I think that's because the Brahmas won't score much at all this week. Uh, yeah, I agree with your logic. <laughs> and you're, you're, ta- you're talking me out of my pick, but I'm going to stick with my guns. I'll, I'll stick with what I have. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta try to get these points, these picks more than better than mine, anyways. Uh, I I need to make up some ground one way or another. All right. Final game of the week. Sunday night. DC at at Seattle. Seattle. Seattle is the minus one and a half point favorite. And the over under is set at 47. A clean 47. That's a high number. 47 is a high over under. Yeah, I, I say that, but it's literally half a point higher than the Vipers and, <laughs> and the Battlehawks. Um, anyway, I, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take your defenders in this game. I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I'm going to go against the grain. I'll do Seahaw- uh, Sea Seahawks, Sea Dragons, uh, minus one and a half. Uh, I think playing at home, I think the defenders have to travel across. I think they lost last week's game. I think the Sea Dragons are on a 5-0 and run. I think it's all just pointing into uh, Seattle's favor right now. Um, don't get me wrong, defenders are still a very good team, but I think that the Sea Dragons might get the edge in this matchup. And the over-under, I'm going to go over 47. I think this game is going to be high-flying Sunday night, Easter. Everyone's going to be watching. I think it's going to be a hell of a game. I'm fired up. Yeah, this is going to be a huge one. 
I think I'm going to take Sea Dragons minus one and a half. And I feel like I'm going to hate myself for taking that. But I think <laughs> this is a team. Oh, this is a team that's winning. They're a five game win streak. They're going to, yep. they're not just going to lose. They're not going to take a week off. Mm-hmm. I think they've got this one. And because of that, I'm taking the minus one and a half. But I'm also going to take the over. The the high over under at 47. I'm taking over 47. I think uh, these are two offenses. I mean, DC's passing game has wildly improved. Seattle has shown yep. us time and time again that they can score. Yep. I think it's going to be an offensive battle where these two defenses are also really good. But give me the points. Give me over four and over 47 and uh, – Love to see Seattle minus one and a half. Both both of these teams, sorry, both of these teams are more or less a lock for like twenty points apiece. Um, I, I mean, they both since the Sea Dragon scored less than twenty twice, and the Defenders scored less than twenty once, um, and both of them have gone over thirty a couple times in a game. So I feel like it's I feel like it's a pretty safe bet. Yeah, I'm feeling good. Feeling good about I, the over. Not feeling good about the the spread pick, but yeah, it's it's a little it's worrisome. Uh, this game is tough. It's it's like a money line. You gotta just pick who you think's gonna win. Just gotta take who I think, and I unfortunately think Sea Dragons are gonna come away with it. Well, They're staying at home on that topic, and things are looking good for them. Absolutely, staying on that topic real quick. The, uh, the the you can still bet the team futures right now and the XFL champion, and the Sea Dragons have the fourth highest odds to win the championship. Wow. The Sea Dragons are at plus 475, which feels kind of crazy to me. Who are they behind? They're behind the Defenders, the Roughnecks, wow. and the Battlehawks. I think the bigger thing that's surprising to me, I think I, I, I'm guessing that the Defenders and the Roughnecks being 135 and 250, um, respectively, has to do with them both being likely to win their division, you know, and, and get that one seed, and I'm going to assume home field advantage for their for their first um, game yeah. at least, if not the first two games. Um, so I think that that's probably what's playing for it. But I don't know that big that I, I don't know if that home field advantage is 200 betting points difference between uh, the Roughnecks and the Battlehawks at 250 and 450. So it's just just something that caught my eye. Interesting. Wow. Sea Dragons at 475. <laughs> and if you really want to kind of just throw some money away the vipers are plus seven thousand um and ironically even though they're eliminated from the playoffs they still have better odds <laughs> to win the championship than the guardians who are at plus eighteen thousand. <laughs> wow shout out to vegas cheesing their own odds trying to take as much money as they can from anybody without a brain <laughs> whatever you like, do don't put any money on vegas vipers to win the championship no right? do they that. are mathematically eliminated Vegas yeah. is just trying to win themselves some money here. Yep. I might put 10 bucks on the Guardians. Who knows? That Wouldn't that be the wildest at, run of all time? At plus 18,000. All right. Enough odds talk. Let's talk pick them. Because last week, oh, I, I didn't even look at this. I'm not even logged in. It logged me out. I had a solid week, but I think, Zach, your week from a few weeks ago keeps you in the lead of the league. <laughs> overall it's just gonna carry me from here on out (laughs) yeah but either way we are to you the viewer the listener 
we have uh, an XFL Pick'em League uh, hosted by XFL uh, that we kind of have our own league. The link and code to join will be in the description. So if you're all at all interested, feel free. It's free. And that information will be in the description wherever you're watching or listening. Yep. And it's just a free pick. Make eight picks over unders. And you just kind of compete against us and a bunch of other people and just kind of have fun with it. But We're at the big 4-0. Big 4-0. We've got 40 people in this pool right now. But right now, we've got, for an example for this week, uh, one of the picks you can make is the defenders have the top run defense in the XFL, allowing 75 yards per game. The Sea Dragons average 94 yards per game, which ranks third. Will Seattle will Seattle have over under 85 and a half rushing yards against DC? And you just mm. put over under and you make your wager and free, 100% free. They give you yep. a couple hundred footballs to bet and have fun. Again, we've got our own league. Feel free to join. Code and description will be in the code and link will be in the description. Yep. Absolutely. Nothing nothing more to it than that. Just a little bit of fun. Keep you invested in every give you some legs in the game week in and week out. Absolutely. Makes you check the box score if you miss the game too. And it's kind of cool. Exactly. Yep. But that is it, I believe, for our week eight preview, week seven recap. Thank yep. you for tuning in. Uh, and be feel free to like, comment, subscribe, give us a rate wherever you're listening to us. And once again, thank you for tuning in. Zach, it was a lovely week chatting with you again. Always a pleasure, my friend. Look forward to doing it next week. And everybody, we'll see you next week.